When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello folks, it's David here and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm your host as always. Joining me this week to discuss Rangers 1-0 victory over Aberdeen and current travel plans for the World Cup is David Marshall. Hello David, how is life in Loyal Linwood? Yeah, life's, life's uh, pretty good mate, eh? can't really complain. Um, oh, well, I'm going in for surgery tomorrow so that's, I, I suppose I can't gripe then, that's pretty you, you can, you, you can. You're going to, I mean, Dave's got a hernia, folks, that's in danger yeah. of, you know, actually 
in danger of they're going to cut you off and let it walk about such as the size that it's it's grown to so you've got that to look forward to how long's the recuperation six weeks <sighs> come on that's a jakey sentence that's a canter can of fanta um, see see, see if i'm going to be fine. see if i'm going to be perfectly honest though like not look forward to the pain and what not but for the week after i'm going to be lying in bed not dealing with the kids and whatnot. So, uh, I mean, swings and, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I call the big one bitey. Right, <laughs> let's uh, let's get on with it. We'll start off um, with the announcement last week that generated so much irritation, annoyance and, and downright hatred from the Rangers support. And that was, of course, the news that Rangers are planning to travel to Australia, no problem, for a friendly during the World Cup, got you, against Celtic, hod the bus. Um, it was fair to say that it was greeted with overwhelming negativity. Now, this is not just people who you know spend their lives on Twitter complaining. This is not just people with agendas against the board or whatever. This is everyone I've spoken to just about. Now, I don't want to say it's everyone because I have seen on social media and on Patreon there are a few people who are for it or who don't see the problem really uh that's that's their take on it that it's money rangers are are said to be making about three million pounds for a week's work um obviously that's important it's finance into the club etc etc but the the idea of taking part in a friendly with a club who let's not forget have spent the last 10 years in particular um waging uh, a campaign of utter hatred against us they will not use our name because of the nuttles and their support. Um, they do not believe we exist. They won't refer to it as the old firm Derby, although they appear to be fine when it comes to, to making some money off it. And to top it all off, uh, they used the announcement, which they leaked early. It wasn't supposed to go until later in the month. They uh, leaked the announcement early to try and deflect attention away from the fact that a judge has given the victims of the Celtic Boys Club scandal the green light to sue them. This being used in this way, of course, was a huge further annoyance to the the reason for disgust among the Rangers support. And there has there were protests at St Johnston. Um, there were songs on Saturday, but I think the fans did respect the 150th anniversary in the main. Uh, however, it doesn't look as though it's an issue that's going away anytime soon. Dave, can I get your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I've fallen with what must be about 95% of the range of support. I am not a fan uh, of this at all. I can understand um, why James Bisgrove brought it to the table and the money that's involved in it is, you know, it's good money. You know, it's equivalent, we've been told of, what we get for a full um, SPFL season. So I can understand that. But, you know, there's just the buzzword or the phrase going around a lot at the moment is morals over money. And, you know, that is where I'm falling into. I can understand people saying you need to be aware of the financial situation uh, that we're in. But I don't think we're that grave where we absolutely have to do this friendly, you know. And I would just rather we didn't. I don't want us... um, going into something, as you say, with a club who absolutely hate us, deny our existence and 
all that. Um, the way it's been marketing, I think, has rightly been great. You know, you've seen it from the organisers' end. I've even seen the Australian A League market it as the, um, you know, the, the the homecoming of Ange. Ange Balls World Tour feature and you know also featuring Rangers. I'm not a fan of that. It's very much been put through as you know Celtic are the the Harlem Globetrotters and Rangers are the Washington Generals, which I'm understandably not a fan of. And I don't want us entered in a commercial uh, agreement with a club that's going through the legal ramifications that that they're, that they're going through right now. I just think that's a horrible association to have linked uh, linked with us and. I'd rather avoid them um, for as much as outside of what we're contractually obliged to do, i.e. League and Cup games in Scotland. I just There's just so much, you know, bad about this that negates the positives of the money uh, that comes from it. I just, I think there should, I can understand why James Bisgrove uh, brought this to the club, but I just feel there should have been someone above him that said, no, this is just this is just not a good idea. Yeah, um, that's exactly where I am on it as well. The the commercial director, as you say, he's not a Rangers fan. Oh, he's not one of us. That's his yeah. job, you know. Right, that's his job, is to bring in as much money as possible. And that's fine, he should come to the table, because it's a big chunk of money. This is not, you know, a, a 20 grand sponsorship. It's, it's three million quid. So, yeah, by all means, come to board. But somebody above him should have said no. No, we can't do this. The fans will not wear this in the slightest. Um, and as I say, you know, the, the, I don't want to speak for everyone. I can only go though on what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, what people are telling me. And the opinions are exactly the same. And it's, uh, you know, and if it was just, if it was 20 years ago even, this might sound odd, but Celtic weren't as bad as they are now in terms of their behaviour towards us. There was a sort of, you know, a, a grudged... Um, uh, understanding of both teams' role in this, but they've denied that there's an old fund for 10 years. So yeah. now they turn around and they want to cash in on it. I, I just don't want to be a part of it. I, 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 I don't even like the idea from a footballing point of view either, to be honest. You know, I know that might be a bit naive and Corinthian ideological, you know, uh, thinking, but I just, I just don't like it. You know, I don't want to be playing them in friendlies abroad. No, the the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's kind of like when you rub your hand the wrong way up a snooker table. You know, it's kind of like, it's, yeah. it's got that. It's got that slightly uncomfortable. Building the freezer drawer out and it makes that noise. Or yeah, yeah, or a chair scraping on a table. Mm. It's that. It makes you just go. Ugh. And then that's before you get into the the point you raise, which is small. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to be associated with them at all. I don't think it does us any good. Um, to be honest, rather than sponsors jumping to them i think you're going to see quite a few jumping away from them this year yeah, because they don't want to be associated with them uh, and it's only going to get worse so i don't really want to be to to be involved in in that and yeah the, if you even needed a reason to to not get into bed with them the, the way that they used it what they used it for of course they did that that's who they are that's how they think they have no morals um, this is not a club who are known for its its morality. It's known for its piousness. It's well, it's a club that used the dead has Shane Warne this week to promote their sponsor. So yep, it, it, it's it's yeah, and that, that that's exactly it. That this is a club. I mean, we know how how pious and how seriously they take themselves, yeah. but their behaviour never ever matches their words. And yeah, just no, just no, cancel it. I don't care how much it costs. Just cancel it. Just right and hold your hands up and say we got this wrong. We're sorry. I, I, fans don't like mistakes, but we all make them. Yeah. You know, we we all make mistakes, 
and I don't think it's 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 you know to err is human. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake, but always hold you. Don't don't double down <laughs> as the phrase goes. Um, just go. Do you know what? We got this wrong. We're sorry. Should have listened. Next time there won't be a next time. Um, learn from your mistake and move on. And I think most fans will accept that and just go right. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, well, here we are. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's move on then to to happier times our 150th celebration at the yep. weekend dave rangers taking on aberdeen at ibrox the union bears i want to just give all the the congratulations under the sun to because you know it had to be big and to take on the challenge and do a tifo was one thing to then do one that size that lasted the whole 90 minutes which was so clever and the the how it looked, how how it went, because it's not easy to pull off. The the themes that they had, the the flags with the moments in time coming down that that were linked to the year that they'd done it. I just thought it was absolutely spectacular, and they deserve all the credit under the sun. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, listen, I am a defender of the the Union Bears. Um, anyway, I I think that's fair to say. Um, I know they're not everyone's cup of tea, and they do some Yeah, we. Stuff. You're just a wee ultra at heart, really, aren't you? That, that's you're that's, you're that, you're still that sixteen year old boy, are you? That was holding up the banners, even though you claim the banner didn't say what it said. But you know, that's that's you. That you know, that's me. I, I'm I'm very ultra, going around stabbing people in the arse. I'm well known for it and and whatnot. But uh, that's Italian ultras. That's yeah. not Scottish ultras. The Union Scottish... Bears do not do that. I just want no. to yeah, go just, say that before before the BBC pick up on that. Neither David nor the Union Bears go about stabbing people in the arse. That's an Italian ultra thing. No, I don't do it recently anyway. But um, listen, they, they, they do some silly things at times. But I think people like to speak out both sides of their mouth and criticise if they're doing things when it's a lot of young guys doing silly things. And I don't know. But we all did. I, I did <laughs> silly things, particularly going to watch Rangers back in the day. So. I'm very glad that camera phones weren't about when I was on buses. That's all I'm going to say on it. Yeah, they were. Thankfully, they were potato quality when when I was younger, or yeah. nobody had them at that point, so it was, yeah. it was good. Uh, but listen, I think I'm very much a defender of them, and what they put on for us on Saturday was um, was it was fantastic. Um, the the history side of it, you know, all the the banners of former players and managers, um, the poncho thing, I thought was brilliant. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of things, you know, online about if we ever do the redo the seats in Ibrox, do them red, white and blue. I totally agree with that. I think Leon have that, and I've seen that before, and it looks really good. I would do that next time we're doing the seats up. I thought the the display and the whole stadium uh, for what the new Bears did looked absolutely fantastic on Saturday. Yeah, it did, and the pre-match atmosphere was, was spectacular, uh, and the crowd were right up for it. But unfortunately, uh, in the first half, the team couldn't, couldn't really get into it uh, uh, in the same way. It was similar to what we saw against St Johnston, minus the early goal. The team looked flat, looked sluggish, I thought. Uh, so did Giovanni Van Brogos. He said afterwards the first half was, was not a good performance. It was just laboured, Dave. Every pass, 
took too long to arrive. People were taking the extra touch. The movement wasn't quite as zippy as, as you needed it to be. And look, Aberdeen do play a smothering game when they come to Ibrox and they worked really hard. They weren't great, but they were organised and they were committed and they were closing down space. So it, it was going to be a game that wasn't handed to us. We were going to have to work for it. I, I don't think Aberdeen offered much going forward at all. Um, over the full 90 minutes in all honesty um, so th- th- I don't think there was any doubt that Rangers were likely to lose this game it reminded me a lot of do you remember a 0-0 draw a couple of seasons ago in Gerard's second season against Aberdeen um, with a 0-0 draw at Ibrox and it reminded me of that where the players were you know trying but it was too slow too ragged ending up with a cross into the box that Aberdeen were mopping up no problem and in the first half in particular, we just lacked any sort of incisiveness. And also, I thought, any sort of zip to our play. There was no effervescence to it. The three games against Aberdeen this season have been so frustrating because we know how they're going to play, particularly now under uh, Jim Goodwin. I mean... I know he's not everyone's uh, cup of tea because of the team he supports, his allegiances and the way he sets up a team. But one thing he does really well, I mean, he gets, he does the basic stuff right first. He sets a team out to be hard to beat and defend well. Uh, did it at St Mirren to, you know, a good level of success there. And, and that's how he set the team up uh, against us on Saturday. But at the same time, you know, we know that's how the game's going to be in the three games against Aberdeen this season. They have successfully dragged us down to their level. And that first half on Saturday, I don't know, there just seemed to be an acceptance from the team going, eh, yeah, this, this, yeah, this is going how we fought it. Aye. And either, you know, not knowing how to how to change it or just an acceptance going, aye, well, this, this is going to be how it's going to be. Yeah, um, moving the ball from from side to side and as I say just not really getting to the byline not really getting in beyond and into the second half the team I thought came out with a bit more zip the, the quality wasn't hugely improved but uh, at least started to make Aberdeen work a bit harder for it um, and, and start to smother them that bit more than the the worst part of the first half for me is that Aberdeen were comfortable um, whereas at least in the second half I thought we yeah. made them slightly more uncomfortable there were some changes and one I want to pick out on and, and first of all good because it, it had been a real sort of head scratcher for me the previous two games about the lack of substitutes but um, they were made and we'll, we'll come to one that was pivotal in a minute but one <laughs> I want to pick out is that he had started with Calvin Bassey at, at centre-back and that meant Borna Barisic at left-back he took off Barisic um, uh, who had very little impact in the match. And he put Bassey out to, to left back with Balogun going in the centre back. Now, at the moment, I think Bassey is streets ahead of Barisic. It doesn't have the delivery that Barisic has, but he, he causes far more bother. Mm-hmm. And almost instantly, he started getting to the byline. He's got an amazing ability to do that. And that, that changes the game because then, instead of Aberdeen defenders being able to face forward all the time, they're having to deal with balls that are coming in from behind them. Yeah. They're having to deal with runners. And it causes more confusion. It gets you more set pieces. It's a valuable talent. And it's one that he seems to have almost naturally that he gets the head down and he goes. And we know, of course, he's, he's such a powerful player. But he's also got good ball control um, that's maybe underlooked sometimes. And I just thought that, that, that you're looking, watching the game back, 
um, after you know knowing the result. I thought that was quite an important thing that was maybe overlooked slightly. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, my only frustration uh, with it, I think it was the right move to make, but the defence that um, that was when that, that change was made was the defence that should have started the game for me. Uh, I did find it a bit puzzling, you know, to put Bassey in at centre-half when we had both Balogun and Hollander on the bench. Um, I, I know with the five subs now, we've got the ability to make more changes, but I think if you've got two centre-halves on the bench there, then surely you can start with one of them. And if you need to make the change, you know, you can just do like for like, because as you say, we get much more with Bassey out there on the left, um, driving to the byline, uh, other than Bournemouth, who just, I, d- I don't know what's wrong with, with Bournemouth Barisic now, to, to be honest, um, but he's, for me, absolutely lost the shot there at, at left back, yeah. Calvin Bassey. He, he, he wasn't bad, per se, you know, he wasn't full of mistakes or anything no. like that, but he, you know, he didn't contribute much. He's just we're not gonna, offering anything, yeah. He's just not offering anything. He, he, he didn't get to the byline. He didn't really whip in it many balls. And when he did, they were from deep. Um, and, yeah, he just he just looks in a bit of a funk at the moment. And he, I, I'm sure that he's trying very hard to get out of it. And he has managed it in the past. But, you know, in the past, we didn't really have the options at left back. That We certainly didn't have a Calvin Bassey. No, exactly. And, you know, as... Well, you know, for his first couple of seasons we had what likes of John Flanagan covering in, in the fullback yeah, area. So, yeah. I mean, that's the, the good point now that we have got somebody there to come in and cover him. He's not just covered him, he's overtaken him. But Bassey just offers so much more right now. And I think you're right, you're saying he is um, a much better ball player than he's perhaps given credit for in the past. I think since he came in last season, we all recognised straight away that he's got that raw athletic talent. But I think it's something he's, he's certainly kicked on. Really, from the start this year, his actual um, ball playing and what he can contribute with the ball at his feet has, um, you know, progress leaps and bounds this year. The other big substitution, of course, was the removal of Alfredo Morelos for Kamar Ruth. And that met with uh, a chorus of disapproval from the stands at Ibrox. Not that Ruth was coming on as soon as Alfie went off and he came onto the pitch, he got a round of applause. More just when the number went up that people were surprised to see uh, that it was Morelos going off. And this is a really interesting one, I think. Uh, and I'm interested to to get not only your views, but the views of the listeners as well on this one. That you have your top scorer and unarguably, I think, our best player in 2022 certainly mm-hmm. the best player in this calendar year when you're chasing a goal and you take him off and some people are just okay it worked but you should never do that the other side of it the argument that was put forward by our, our friend martin ramsey who, who was at the game with me uh he said alfie has been terrible today which he had um it, it's not i think unfair on alfie He's still been our best player in 2020 he just was having an off day uh, he said, and him and Ruth don't work together. They they never have it. It just doesn't work as a combo. So if you want Ruth on through the middle today, it, it's horses for courses because Ruth cannot do what Alfie does. He cannot smash defenders. He cannot lead the line on his own. He saw that at Parkhead. He cannot occupy a defence. He doesn't have any of those skills. However, what he does have in a tight game when a team are camped in their box is that extraordinary movement, that ability to find a half yard, to sniff something out, to be on the end of things. 
So where do you start? I find it fascinating because I'm not sure where I stand on it. I can see merits in both arguments. Uh, yeah, well, firstly, were you shouting boo or boo urns? Uh, I, sh- I, I was shouting boo urns. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would say I'm very much um, a pragmatist when it comes to this sort of thing. You know, I just want the decision that um, ends, in a, ends in a win. And that's what that's ultimately led to. But at the time, I can't say I was I was too happy. My first thought was, you know, despite how I, you know, Alfie didn't have a good game on Saturday, but when you're chasing a goal to win the game and a match that you need to win, taking off your top scorer does seem a wee bit mental to me. Um, I I know it's um, an argument made by many and seems to be very much a learned thinking that Alfie and uh, Ruth can't play together. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's been tested enough for that to to be the case. To be honest, um, I think I, I read after the game Saturday that they've only actually started together like a handful a handful of times. So I'm not sure if that's something that's set in stone that they absolutely can't play together. I'd, I'd certainly like to see it tried again because you know it's not as if we're we're firing all cylinders at the no, moment. We need um, to get those scorers into the team, and Ruth and Morelos are two who regularly get your goals. Yeah, exactly. I mean, bringing Ruth on, I think, was an absolutely right decision. And I, I think we need to get him in the team because he is one of, if not the best finisher in the team. And it's something that we're really lacking right now. We look so blunt in front of goals. Again, Saturday, we had so many shots. Um, I think, again, it was up towards 20, uh, if not above that. And again, only a, a handful of them were on target. I think, what, three or four shots on target the whole game. Yeah, this is a problem. Um, it was a problem against St John's. It's a problem now. The 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 team collectively don't weigh in with enough goals, um, and we've we've seen that. You know, Ryan Kent, who is still contributing, zero doubt about that. You know, a couple of assists the week before, Brilliant against Dortmund, etc. But he doesn't score enough. He's got two goals this season, and yeah. you know, for a guy playing that role at Rangers, he needs to score more goals than he does. And what happens is that the reliance on Morelos gets bigger and bigger if he's not putting the ball in the net nobody is whereas last year we did have guys contributing you know had Jane Roof is the one that's mentioned a lot and that is true but you also got goals from the defenders you know there were there were headers yeah. going in set pieces there were goals coming in and really as you say it's it's Morelos it's Tav and then there's nobody else that you think he's going to get his 10 this year and you need those guys. You need a couple at least of those guys. They're certainly getting you seven or eight. And we haven't really had that. And it's not like, you know, we hadn't made chances, as we mentioned, against um, Motherwell and Dundee United with 59 attempts. But we scored three goals. And that was the problem. And, of course, you know, we conceded three out of four, which is another issue. Yeah. Uh, I would say against both St. Johnson and Aberdeen, who are not great sides, incidentally. I don't want to make out but. You know, we were suddenly playing. I think they're awful sides, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, St. Johnson are a deeply, deeply poor side, and that pitch is, is god awful. Mm. Aberdeen are intent for a reason, and uh, the and they changed their manager recently for a reason. But yeah, I, I just think that we 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 need to be better at putting the ball in the back end, and it's so simple. And I know folks are sitting going, "Oh, you know, duh, David," and I get that. I absolutely do, but I, I think that it's it's just something that we have been better at and got the success. There's zero doubt we should have won the last four matches and we should have won them really in a canter. We should have won them by a number of goals and we didn't because we don't take key opportunities at key moments uh, and that has 
that has been the issue. On to the goal itself, Jim Goodwin was complaining afterwards. He said that he felt it was a foul on uh, Aaron, eh, not Aaron, sorry, they're Ramsey, Calvin Ramsey. Uh, Aaron Ramsey in the brain, me. I'm Aaron Ramsey daft, you know. But um, it was a foul. Now, I, I couldn't recall it from watching it at the game. I didn't see it, but I watched it back. Um, I didn't think it was a foul. And I asked uh, our other professional referee or qualified referee, Stevie, for his opinion. He said, no, it's not a foul. Ramsey is trying to buy a foul. He's, he's not strong enough. So what he does is he instigates some contact, drops and waits for a free kick. The ref was quite right not to buy it. Uh, Dave, you're a qualified referee as well. Your thoughts? No, I'd agree with Stevie there. Um, he falls down. <laughs> if, if he feels if uh, uh, Bassey behind him and he falls down, it's as simple as that. Uh, for me and I think when you actually look at back he actually could have cleared the ball so yeah, he well, played he himself yeah yeah and, and Aberdeen do this and to be fair to Beaton um, he, he still had one of his usual erratic matches but to be fair to him he did let a few go so it wasn't like it wasn't in keeping with the rest of the game where he let a few go for both teams there was a couple on us um, where I couldn't believe it but he, he would point say, oh, he got the ball or whatever, or not enough, and wave the player on. So, um, But even so, having watched that back, it's 15 seconds and an, a whole new passage yeah. of play before the ball goes in. And it sort of reminded me a wee bit of the goal that we conceded against Motherwell. Yes, it was offside, but you still have to look at your own part in this. It's too easy mm-hmm. to say, oh, well, it should have been a free kick. It's like, well, it wasn't a free kick. You had plenty of time to reset and deal with it, and you didn't. So uh, I have to say, I, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy there. No, I nearly are. Um, and it, it's when he came out after the game as well and said, we, we don't expect to get 50-50s here. No. If that's not bringing the game into disrepute, I don't know what is. But um, plenty of ch- it wasn't a foul in the first place. And, you know, there was plenty of chances for Aberdeen to to clear the ball or get to regroup thereafter. Nobody to blame but themselves. Well, you see stories in the paper. Rangers can't score a goal with it. No, an inquiry into it to find out why it could have been disallowed. And the one at the weekend, the other one, I mean, I actually saw a story in a newspaper um, today that they tweeted out saying um, sports scene panels agree that Rangers goal was onside. Well, of course they did, because it was a mile. He runs by the Aberdeen defender to get the touch. So <laughs> on what pl- of course it was onside. That's like sports scene pundits also agree sky mainly blue today. Yeah. It, it, it's just this well, Rangers have scored, it was a winner, so there has to be something about it. It can't just mm-hmm. be that Rangers, after piling on the pressure, eventually managed to force something in the Aberdeen box. Roof reacts quicker than everybody else because he's a top player and Rangers get the victory. Uh, it wasn't that at all. It's just tedious, isn't it? It's just it's boring at this point. But something else I want to pick up from that as well, that... Jim Goodwin said, and a St. Johnson player said during the week as well, that they felt that they both deserved a point from the game. This annoys me, and I think it's the same vein of uh, thinking as, you know, your um, your, your managers, who, like Bielsa is a good example, you know, they only do one part of the game. Um, they might attack all game, but if your team can't defend, it doesn't matter if that's the right way to play. The right way to play is the way that, that wins you the game, and there's two parts of football. There's attacking and defending. That, to me, you know, Aberdeen went out there and they were really organised for, for 90 minutes and they defended their lives, but they had no interest at all in attacking the game. If they got a 0-0 out of that on Saturday, 
all right, fair enough. We couldn't complain because we weren't good enough to break that down. But if your teammate comes to the fence for 90 minutes, you can't then complain when you lose the game because you were only interested in one part of it. Yeah, that's the problem. I think that if you set up to try and not concede and you do concede, that's the whole game plan goes in the bin. Yeah, uh, that that's you know always been the case, and I, I I agree with you on that. It's like, well, you know, we we nearly held out for ninety minutes, but we didn't quite manage. Well, yeah. So what were you doing to try and get up there? I mean, Alan McGregor could have been out there with the slippers on. Um, such was the the lack of any intent that they had to do. I, actually, I want to give Goldson credit for that because he denied Aberdeen an out ball um, to Ramirez, which obviously is the their only out ball. I was going to say, um, their, only, their only threat, yeah. Well, yeah, it's not unfair to say that. It is, but he's a big guy, Ramirez. He is good in the air. You know, even just custody watching a sports scene each week, he, he gets a lot of headers. And uh, Goldson denied him that. So Aberdeen didn't have an out ball, which meant particularly in the second half, the ball just kept coming at them. And it, uh, of course you're liable to make a mistake if you're having to concentrate every you know, every second, you never get a break in play. We've seen it with, with us in Europe. If you can't get somebody yeah. to, to hold the ball, it's why Alfie is so important in Europe. If somebody doesn't hold the ball up and give your defenders a break and time to reset and time to go again in terms of the concentration, then you are liable to concede a goal. And that is exactly what happened there. So we got the victory. Um, you know, Celtic won at Livingston, so that keeps it to, to three points. And... It's an odd one in terms of moods because uh, Celtic fans are very happy, understandably, three points clear, and that's great, but there's a long way to go. It's two old fun matches, eight matches to go. Uh, and Rangers fans, uh, a lot of them are, are quite doubtful and I don't believe we can do this. And I do wonder you know, if it's because there is this feeling among us, I think understandable and correct, that we should be out of sight by now, which we mm-hmm. should. We absolutely should never mind trailing by three points. But without wanting to sound like, you know, happy S. Clapper, Esquire, there is a long way to go. We we certainly are not not in any way out of this. And the idea that we're not capable of A beating them or B winning enough matches to get by them, I, I just find, you know, if there was two matches left, I could understand the panic, but there isn't. There's quite a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a wee bit more pe- pessimistic about it than, than you are. Um, I just don't have a lot of trust in this team because of how we've performed so far this season, and a lot of that is because we should be out of sight and and we're not. Um, the thing that you know, what the other side of the coin of that is, that Celtic aren't a great team by any uh, any great shapes either. I think they will drop points and um, we've got eight games to go there is that part of me you know thinking do you think this our team rangers are capable of winning those eight games um i wouldn't be <laughs> i wouldn't be putting money on it you know i just don't think we've had the consistency for me to comfortably say that yeah i think we'll win the next eight games and win the league um other people have been arguing with me that well we probably won't need to win all eight games which quite possibly will be true as well. Um, I'd really prefer if we did. I mean, I would, you know, I mean, if you were to give me an option, I'd rather we won the next eight games, but um, I don't know, I just think the overall quality throughout the league this season, and this, you know, teams of, uh, sorry, fans of pretty much every team has, been, has said this, the quality in the league this year has been quite poor, 
And I think it would be very this season if we were now to go and one nil our way to the title from here on out. Yeah, um, I think that that's a, a very fair point, to be honest. I think that we have been a little um, uh, sluggish. It's, it's not been fun. It's, no no, been it's fun not been fun. It's no. felt like a chore for the players at times. And there have been times that it kind of you know, felt that we were really whittling into the wind. But uh, I do think that there's there's still plenty of time to turn it around. And I suppose it's it's the difference between I'm not saying we will win the league, but the idea that we can't, I think, is is, is Yeah, I wouldn't be saying we can't, no. No, because there's still plenty of, of opportunity for us to, to go and do it. Um and yeah, eight scrappy one nils will do it. I, I I would hope for a lot better. I think the team are capable of a lot better. But I'm also, I realise, as I say, I've been slightly hypocritical because I mentioned this uh, on social media today uh, and I stick by it. This week we have two two big games, two weeks off from the league, but we've got some big games in that in that time. First up, we welcome Red Star Belgrade on, uh, or Kravina Zvezda. Is uh, Red, Red Star's fine with me. Red, Red Star to me, yeah. You know, I'm a, you know yeah. me, David, I'm, a, I'm an old school. I'm not old, I'm old <laughs> school. Uh, traditionalist. So Red Star Belgrade arrive on Thursday. Um, I strongly suspect that we'll be excellent against Red Star and then on <laughs> Sunday look like we've never seen a football um, previously. I, I don't know why, but then I think, well, you do know why. It's because that's happened so often in the past. Uh, they're big games though for different reasons. One, Red Star, they are a very good side. So Anyone who's got in their head that this is a doddle, mm-hmm. I don't think there's many, but you know, let me let me guide you away from that thought. They are a, a right good team, uh, and they're more than capable of winning. Equally, at this stage of the competition, they're a beatable side. They are a side that you would look at and say, okay, it's a 50-50 tie. Both sides will fancy their chances. It's a 50-50 tie. That there isn't one I think goes in as an overwhelming favourite. And and at this stage of competition, that's really all you can ask for. Um, a win there. And we're through to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. And that is a hell of an achievement. Absolutely. And do you know that <laughs> the funny thing is, I am um, right now, I'm more confident that we'll win this tie than I am that we'll win the league. Um, because we are just a different outfit in Europe this year. And I think that's a mentality thing. Um, I know it was either you or Adam questioned that to the team in the press conference the other week and it was uh, batted down. But there must be a reason for the performances being night and day um, but you know look at this on its own it's going to be a tricky tie but I I, I think it's a winnable one I think we will win it um, you have to say you know if we can go into Europe and beat Borussia Dortmund home in, uh, over two legs then you know we can beat anyone that's still left in the, the, the competition going to be tricky but very much looking forward to it and yeah fancies yeah, I do too. Um, and I, I think that we're more than capable of doing it. And I think that if we go and you know show a positive first leg performance, then we set ourselves up for what will be a difficult trip. That it is a difficult place to go, as the the, the cliche says. But mm-hmm. equally so is Ibrox. You know, has been for anybody in Europe since Gerard arrived and has continued under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. We are not a side that are easily swept aside. We've proved that in the past. So you know, I'm uh, looking forward to. I was reading this week that their fans have been chanting pro Putin and Russian chants at the ground. So this ties just turned into Rocky Four, and I am up for that. 
Yeah, yeah, and and we are the Rocky Balboa. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he ended communism, you know. He did. He united yeah. united the Soviet Union and America. It was incredible. Yeah, I, I've seen that documentary, um, <laughs> uh, Rocky Four. It's uh, yeah, it contains all the things about how him and David Hasselhoff singing at the Berlin Wall. But everyone knows that. But uh, no, I mean, I, I'm the same. I look forward to it. Our cup record is mm-hmm. absolutely atrocious. We have not got past the the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup in the last three years. Now, I watched Aston Villa go to Manchester United in the Cup earlier this season, and the commentator said, Stephen Gerrard had quite a good Cup record at Rangers. He made the quarterfinals every year. No, that's, that's not, not a good, good Cup record at Rangers. <laughs> that's actually a fairly disastrous Cup record at Rangers. And Surely again, you must know that. What a stupid thing to say. I thought it was an odd one. I mean, I, you know, in English terms, I suppose, getting a quarterfinal every year is not bad, but... Yeah. Aye. <laughs> I just thought, no, son, no, no, you're wrong there. And it's true, and it's it's been incredibly frustrating. Now, of course, once we get by that, we've got the, the Hamden thing to overcome. Mm. But I'd at least like to get there and try, because, again, all due respect, Dundee are not a good side. They're where they are in the league for a reason. Um, it's an away tie, which obviously makes it trickier, but you still should have more than enough to overcome a Dundee side away from home. And yes, they're going to be buying up for it. Matt McGee's in charge there, so we know that. But you look at the squads and it Rangers, if the attitude is right, should comfortably win it. Okay, we can't beat Dundee in these next two games, just throw the whole season in the bin. They are they're awful. It's really that simple. There should be no troubles from this game. They are a truly, truly awful team. Should is the key word, though, yeah. isn't it? And I yeah. think that's the problem. And again, it's I don't think it's being pessimistic because I expect us to win. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think it's just going on what we've witnessed recently and going on the cup record. And we've mentioned this before. The only way that this Rangers team can get people not thinking their cup record is poor is to win the cup. That's really yeah, the only way. Yeah, yeah. when when the fucker that that would be nice. Yeah. That that would be pleasant. I would I would enjoy a wee day at hand. And I think it, in in terms of momentum. Um, Two thousand nine since the last time we won the Scottish. Two thousand nine. Yep, Nacho Novo. Mm-hmm. Um, that goal against uh, I think Scott Arfield played for Fall Cup that day. He did. That's uh, right. And Neil McCann was in the Fall Cup team that day as that's well. Right. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's a few Rangers here as uh, mm-hmm. meeting that day. Um. But yeah. So uh, it, it's one of those things that. The idea or the perception, rather, of it will only change if you change what's been happening in it. So we need to get to that. But very much at this time of season, David, it's one game at a time, isn't it? Yeah, um, thanks for that, Hoggy, that old cliche coming up. But I I mean... As a cliche, I've got to admit. But I actually think we were pretty good at it last year. I don't think that last year we focused, you know, it's certainly in the league, I don't think we looked ahead. Oh, I think this time, literally this time last year we'd won the league. <laughs> we had, yes, and what a day it was. Yeah. Um, but I want to have another day like that, and I want us to, to go and do it this way. Um, and maybe, you know, the fact is that it needs to be a, a title race, which it wasn't last year. You know, Rangers went over the hill in October and never looked back. But I, I, I always thought that us winning 55 would probably be like this ups and downs and yeah, you, you yeah. Need, need to stick in so maybe maybe it's 56 
and maybe because I've seen us do it in the past and, and when we weren't expected to, that that's why I keep faith. And I accepted it as faith, you know, because I think if you look at some of the performances, you would be perfectly justifiable in putting a case together to say, well, the team isn't playing well enough. But mm-hmm. I, I still think that you're entitled to believe, no, we, we, we will win the league. Um, again, it, it's one of those football arguments that I never really understand that people get annoyed with you if you think that we'll win the league or we won't win the league. It's a subjective thing and you can't, it's to do with your personality, it's to do with, you know, where you are in your life at any given point. We'll all find out, right? And if if you were right or wrong, it won't change your feeling. You'll be gutted if we say would make a difference. I'm delighted if we do. So, yeah, it's entirely up to somebody. It's just this this need, I think, um, that that we have as humans that that people must agree with us on something. Whereas I'm like, yeah, you don't think we win the league? That's that's cool. I disagree. Uh, (laughs) That's sort of the end of it. But uh, ah, Scottish social media for you. Anyway, let us look forward to those matches. We will, of course, be back. Adam will be back with Heart and Hand Extra at the end of the week. I'll be back next Monday here on Heart and Hand. If you want to hear more from us, um, particularly I want to give uh, David a wee platform here about the Rangers women's team uh, show over on our Patreon show. David, the Rangers women's team have been flying recently, 6-1 at the weekend over Partick Thistle, following up a 3-0 tonking of Celtic. Yeah, team's going uh, great guns in the, the league. Uh, in the league. Sorry, um, actually, first one actually scored first in that game within the first five minutes, and it just seemed to annoy us, um, which is, you know, a great reaction to have. Should be the Rangers way, that, yep. Yeah, so we were 1-0 one, one, one down after five minutes. I think it was 3-1 at half time. Um, so, you know, it was a fairly fairly decent, re- decent reaction. Uh, team's going great guns. We are going to win that league. We're a point behind Glasgow City with two games in hand. Um does nothing that that can really stop us at this point. We still need to play uh, City one more time. Uh, we're actually the way it's lined up uh, at the moment. We are due to win the league uh, by playing City on the the start of April. I think it is. Um, so sorry, eight for me. I think the game is. So we are. I can't see us slipping slipping up here. If you're interested in the women's team, get that in your diary. Eight for me. Rangers versus Glasgow City. That is scheduled to be title day. Well, let's hope the men's team uh, and the women's team are celebrating a glorious double at the end of the season. David, thanks for joining me. Pleasure as always, mate. Uh, you can hear more from us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand from just £1.50 per month. Yeah, uh, under 50p a week. So go and check it out over there. I'm sure you will find plenty to love. Thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles. And thanks to all of you for listening. So... Good luck to the Bears on Thursday night. Let's take another step forward in Europe. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. How's a free case of beer sound? After, let's face it, the longest January in record and off the back of some pretty testing times, I reckon it sounds good. Let's face it, we all deserve a party and, uh, well, a case of free beer will help that get going. And you can get a case of free beer from our pals at Beer52 by going to www.beer52.com forward slash heart and covering the postage, which is just five ninety five. It's the biggest beer club in the world. Each month they send members a case of beer from different parts of the world, and this month it's an absolute belter. It's the Great European Road Trip Case, and uh, 
who knows more about great European road trips and the gels. We're just coming back from one right now. You can have a, a Chris Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a Monster 7.5% double IPA from Sweden's Duges Brewery. On the dark side of beers this month, there's a smooth coffee stout from Copenhagen's Tool and there's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria. If dark beer's not your thing, you can choose a light-only case and as always with Beer 52, you get the Ferment magazine, some snacks to soak it up and even if you don't like it after that, you can just cancel at any time. So go to www.beer52.com forward slash heart to claim your free case now. That's beer52.com forward slash heart. Sports Social Podcast Network.